0: Welcome to Confessions of a Real Estate Lawyer, a weekly series giving you an in-depth look at the reality of a real estate transaction through the eyes of a lawyer. And now, here's your host, Richard Barbara. Hey, everybody, Rich Barbara back with another episode of Confessions of a Real Estate Lawyer. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Today, we're going to pick up at a talk I recently had the pleasure of giving down in Key West to a group of fantastic realtors with the Miami Association of Realtors District 4. Uh, We were talking about contractual pitfalls, how to avoid them, and if you fall into one, sadly, how to overcome them. So listen in and uh, enjoy. Um, But my topic is contractual pitfalls, right? How to avoid them and then once we fall into one, how to overcome them, right? And so why do I think that's a key topic and and I come about the contract topic from a different direction. All lawyers want to talk about contracts, they want to teach you how to write the contracts or which boxes to check in And, and all of that's important. I like to, to discuss the big picture with the contract and the objective of the transaction right so that we can deal with pitfalls when they happen and they happen but more importantly we can avoid them. Avoid them from the beginning because in real estate we find or I find in my experience that there are two types of issues that come up in a transaction that disrupt the smoothness of the deal. right? That that the deal, that make life difficult, that that require addendums usually to be dealt with, right? And there are two types of things that happen. The first is things that we could not possibly have foreseen, okay? Things that we could not possibly have known about in advance or really done anything about in advance. Those are not our fault. So I'm a big sports guy, anybody here like tennis? Tennis, great sport, right? Tennis a great sport. In tennis, there are two ways in which one player benefits or either gets a point or possession, right, or something. And the first way is a winner, right? They hit a winner. So when Roger Federer serves and it's an ace that the other guy just can't reach it, okay, that's a winner. So the other player didn't necessarily do anything wrong. Roger Federer hit a winner, right? So point for Federer. That's one way. The other way is that Roger Federer hits the ball right to the guy and it's so hard that when the guy hits it back he puts it in the net right that's an unforced error roger federer is going to get a point but it's not because he did anything it's because that guy failed to hit the ball back over right these types of unforced errors are the ones that we want to avoid in real estate and realtors unfortunately and attorneys and title agents we make these unforced errors all the time and so they make life harder And we also forget, when issues come up, we forget that everyone in a transaction is working towards the same goal. Right, so maybe it's because uh, many real estate lawyers have never done litigation, and I've had the displeasure of doing a lot of litigation, so I understand the dynamic of being in a situation where everything that I want is the express opposite of what the other side wants okay so in litigation what I want done is the opposite of what the other guy wants in a transaction what I want done is the same thing that the other side wants done we want to close right so the buyer wants to buy the seller wants to sell so this is a non-adversarial setting and yet we routinely make the transaction adversarial because we either forget or are unable to avoid a pitfall or once a pitfall comes up we get into combat mode Right, so the purpose of this pre- presentation is to avoid, teach you how to avoid those problems, okay, and when you have the problem, hopefully to give you a little bit of a, of a better method to kind of deal with the problem so that the objective is achieved, closing, right? Unlike the litigation business, right, or unlike other, uh, most other forms of work. The more we work in our business, and I'm a closing lawyer primarily, I do lots of transactions, right? And realtors, we're in the same boat. We're in the boat of people who work for free and in advance, right? We're in the group of people who work hoping something else will happen. When the deal dies, nobody reimburses you like the cookie money, right? So whatever money you spent baking cookies or flyers for that property, all the showings that you went to, nobody reimburses you for that. So like the deal cancels, you don't remit an invoice. Hey, Mr. Seller, you're backing out, no problem. Or, you know, Mr. Buyer, you're backing out, you didn't like the inspection, no big deal. Hey, go ahead and send me a check for 750. That should cover, you know, my babysitting you, your wife, your mother-in-law. She was awesome, you know, at the four show, Right, that we took you to, no problem. Your kid puked in my car, no big deal. All these things, just 750. Take my time, no big deal. We'll, we'll, we'll find you in the next one. No, when the deal dies, we don't get paid. Same thing in my office. Carlos Gutierrez, dear friend of mine, he'll send me a real estate file. His files rarely cancel, but he's here, so I'll use him as an example. Let's say he sends me a deal. We order title, we order lien search. Right, these are invoices that I incur, and then all of a sudden, the deal dies for whatever reason, and and the release for the deposit comes in four nan seconds right nobody asking me, hey rich do you have any costs in this file right because I'm eating the cost so deal cancels I'm eating it right so we we work in advance with the hopes that something will happen and what's worse what's worse that the longer that the deal takes to close we don't make more money Isn't that incredible we, we make the same amount irrespective of how long the deal lasts when I'm on a litigation file I, I'll never forget I was a brand new lawyer I go to a, what's called summary judgment, it's like a knockout blow hearing, right, I'm defending a case, I walk in, first year lawyer, we win, okay, justice I'm thinking, I go back to my office, I see the managing partners, a guy named Richard Cole, he's been doing it for a thousand years, I'm like, Mr. Cole, I got great news, I got great news, uh, I just want summary judgment in the Kemper case, and he looks at me and he says, what's the good news, are they going to appeal? And I was like, uh, no, no uh, the, uh, we won. So I'm saying the good news is we won and we won the case. And he's like, yeah, but now the file's closed. And so no more billing. Like, that's why he was like, are they going to appeal? Because if they appeal, the file lives on, right? And so, I say this half in jest, uh, but the, the theme is correct. When you're billing time, right, the, the more work you do, the more money you make. Now, in our case, when you're a realtor and you get, you know, let's say you have the, the whole listing, 6%, okay, you're the transaction broker, at 6%, it's gonna be 6% of the purchase price whether the deal closes in 30 days or 330 days. So, you know, four grand, six grand, 10 grand commission within 30 days, that's a nice deal. With that same $6,000 commission after the deal has lasted 180 days and it's you know, you've gone like this, the emotional up and down, you've talked to the buyer or seller 8,000 times, all of a sudden the margin is not as good. Okay, so that's why what I'm talking to you about is how do we make sure that we don't add to the time required to close a file, right? We may not be able to make it close on time, contracts routinely get extended, but what do we wanna make sure not to do? That we don't add to the delay, okay? And so the first way we do that, I'm gonna give you two simple rules, okay? The first rule is be prepared. You gotta be prepared. And what do i mean by be prepared so show of hands how many people in here have been an agent less than one year less than one year new agents not that many i love that you want to know why this is a room of people and i'm not going to pick on you but but you're close i'm just teasing uh you're close you're in proximity so so um i teach a class once a month to agents brand new agents at this one brokerage that their philosophy is we want a million agents so that if one percent of them close, great. Um, And then there's the brokerages that have a philosophy of I'm going to have twenty agents they all have to be machines. Okay so this is I want to be everywhere, I want to have a branch everywhere, I want to be seen everywhere brokerage mentality. So they specialize in recruiting brand new agents. Right so these brand new agents come in and I I give them this class, and the first question I say to them is, I'm like, all right, and I I hold up the form, the as is, you know, far five form, the current form, and I'm like, all right, here's the the typical contract we use, show of hands, be honest, how many people have read this piece of paper end to end? At least one time, like you've read the whole contract, you know, one time. Right, right, and what's funny is, and here's the thing, and most often, I preface these questions with, how many of you are full-time realtors? Okay, so let's say I have 10 people in the room there, right? So if you're a full-time realtor, show of hands. Okay, in here, almost everybody. In those rooms, you get a lot of that too. You'll, you'll see like six of 10 new agents will say, I'm gonna do this full-time. And then I'll say, all right, so out of you six full-timers, how many of you have read the as-is contract one end to the other? and they will routine, two hands will go up. Okay, and of those two, they've read it maybe one time. Okay, and I say, all right, no problem. So this is the operative document that you present to people. You're trying to inspire confidence in people who do not buy and sell. You are in the business of buying and selling real estate. You're going to deal with people who buy and sell maybe once or twice in their entire lives. Okay, and you have not read the, let's pray that they don't ask you, right? Because if I'm a buyer and you're my agent, you present the offer to me, what's the reality? I'm not gonna read it. I mean, we just agreed you guys aren't, don't read it. So I'm certainly not gonna read it. It's stereo instructions to me. I'm not in this business. So if the buyer says to you, have you read this? Your relationship is gonna start off on what we call the wrong foot because you're either going to lie and say, of course, I've read it, right? So you're starting the relationship off with a lie, right? Violation of cardinal rule number one, or, or you're going to be honest, and then you might lose the client. No, I haven't read it. So it's like uh, you're asking me to sign it, but you have. What, how do we know what it says? It's like I don't know. We know what it says it's with these little boxes you check. It just trust me. Right? And it's like, trust you? I'm buying a house. I mean, I don't think so. So we're very lucky that people don't engage in these simple questions at the beginning of the relationship. And that's why if you watch some lawyer advertising, you'll see some lawyers are like, don't be afraid to ask the lawyer you're interviewing how many cases they've tried. You know, it's like, because people who try cases, they want to make it clear that not everybody tries cases, that in fact, very few lawyers try cases. And so if you have a case that has to go to trial, don't hire a guy that has the prettiest ad, hire the guy that that goes to trial right and so same same principle here so this is why I say you got to be prepared so by reading the contract you can be prepared and how do other members of our profession know when they're dealing with agents that are not prepared I'll give you an example when the question to me comes like this hey Rich um, I'm representing a seller on this deal the seller wants to know what their closing costs are going to be and I say, right, they call, I'm the title company, right? And I'm like, yeah. Um, and here's the thing. The question that they're asking me is not how much, it's what are the closing costs? What are they? So there are two, there's two ways to look at closing costs, right? There are categories of costs, categories of costs that are typically attributed to one side or the other, right? And then there is the amount of those costs when applicable. That's the breakdown for closing costs. So We can do anything by agreement. That's the beauty of a deal. This nice lady and I can agree that I'm gonna buy her house and I'm gonna pay all her closing costs. Then it doesn't matter what the as-is says because we're going to make a provision for buyer paying all closing costs. But if we do nothing much like a cell phone who has an iPhone, okay when you take the iPhone out of the box and you turn it on it's got a picture on it already, right? It's got like a a background you know the, the earth or a waterfall something like that. What do we call that setting, that photo? The default. It's the default. The default setting. Well, much like an iPhone, the, the FAR 5 has defaults. They're all over the place. Right? On page 1, if the deposit's going to be made after acceptance of the offer, if you leave it blank, what? It's three days. And the inspection, if you leave it blank, it's 15 days. And the financing continues. There's a number of defaults in there. There is a whole default section for closing costs, right? It's in section 9. So. If you are an agent and you have read the contract, you don't have to be a lawyer, all of a sudden you're that much more prepared and advised to talk to a seller. So when a seller says to you, hey, what are my closing costs? You're gonna say, well, the exact number is gonna depend on the purchase price, but as a seller, you typically pay documentary stamp taxes on the deed, surtax if applicable, right, if it's vacant land, you're gonna pay the estoppel fee, you're gonna pay the lien search fee, and we can find that in section nine right of the contract you don't have to be a lawyer to know that you just have to be familiar with I don't know the 17 sections of the real estate contract I mean how many how many songs do you have known by merit like your, the song comes on and you know every verse by heart and the course you can't memorize the 17 sections I mean come on guys this is what we do for a living we got to be prepared plus it sounds sexy all of a sudden that sellers like wow section nice this person's talking about sections she will know what they're talking about right so you want to be prepared so now it's a better question now when you're coming to the title you're never gonna ask your escrow or your title agent what are the sellers closing costs ask them how much are the sellers costs based on this purchase price and you know that you have to give me the number okay so all you have to do is know where to find this in the contract and like that there are a number of sections so a common pitfall that I see and I'm a the ultimate buyer I love to buy stuff my wife is even worse my wife's like a buying ninja it's amazing personal letters from Jeff Bezos hi Cindy thank you no I'm kidding but she's like another great month thank you no so uh, so when I walk into a place to buy something I want to feel romanced okay I want to feel like the 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 seller knows what they're talking about I want to I want to feel like I'm gonna learn something so the other day I walked into like a Best Buy and uh, there's a nice you know the super the coolest new TV there and I'm looking at it and this kid walks up and he's you know he's young so I'm I'm appreciative that he's, he's like hey sir how are you sir can I help you with something sir and I'm like I'm just looking for some 4k TVs and he's like 4k what do you want to pay 4k for a TV for man I got him for $8.99, $9.99, $10.99 I, mean, I got him up to 86 inches for, for $179.99 $99. And he's like showing me this TV and I'm like, no, 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 I mean, 4K, you know, resolution, you know, like the one where you can see the guy's pimples and it's, you know, it's like, like the real close that the resolution. And he's like, oh, yeah, we got automatically. I know I'm not buying a TV from that guy, right? Because I know more about TVs than that guy. He's the TV salesman. I know more about TVs than that guy. That's not going to work. Okay. So it's the same thing in real estate. So when you get a listing, how do we make sure we're prepared? First is, we can be prepared with the fundamentals, okay? The fundamentals, so reviewing the forms that we use every day. So now, if you were sitting in this chair and you're like, I've read the as is, Rich, please, okay? Talk about this at the rookie class. And it's like, all right, but have you read it like often? Can you tell me the differences between the last one? I mean, I know that this is nice, she's gonna come up, she's gonna highlight the differences and you guys are the, the choir, right? You're here at the seminar and all that, but think about it, you think Derek Jeter, you know, Alex Rodriguez Michael Jordan LeBron James you think these guys are good at what they do right and do you know how much they practice do you know how many free throws LeBron James practices that's like our equivalent of reading the as is okay so if you're not reading the as is as frequently as LeBron James is shooting free throws you're never gonna be the LeBron James of Realtors fair right? And don't we all want to be like the Jills or, you know, Teresita the, the Shelton or these people, right, that we hear about, you know, the, uh, what's his name, uh, Riley Smith, right? These guys, the legends of real estate, right? These guys, they put in the time. It's not a coincidence. So you need to be prepared with the fundamentals. So just like professional athletes practice the fundamentals. They hit fungo until they're blue in the face, just fielding ground balls all day, right? I mean, they've done it for a thousand years. Why do they got to keep doing it? Right? They're pros. They get paid millions of dollars and they practice more than we do okay so you got to be prepared so there's being prepared about the fundamentals of our game of our profession and then there's being prepared about the specifics of the products that we have right this happens a lot with marginal agents, and I know that there are none in this, in this room, right? But what did the National Association of Realtors say like two years ago that the biggest threat to our industry was the marginal agent, the part-time agent, the uninformed agent? So let me tell you a horror story that I had. So there's this old, there's this little condo unit in Miami. It was at the, the Costa Del Mar Condo Association. I'm making that name up, but it's real close. It's in a part of town where there's no mar. In case you don't know, the mar is the ocean and there's no mar. There were like a few sparkling man-made lakes. <laughs> Whatever, okay? So, and the seller is this little old lady, little old Cuban lady, okay? I'm Cuban so I can say this. And so, her name, she insisted on using all of her names and if anybody knows any old Cuban ladies, they have a lot of names. <laughs> so, literally her name was like Eloína María de Los Ángeles Rodríguez Crespoliste. Okay? And she's one of these ladies that by by the way, every time she signs, she rocks the whole thing. Like the whole thing. Get, you know, like some people are all right, Eloina. No, 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 no. She was like, you know. So. <laughs> So she, her husband passes away, and she's she's listing this condo. She's had it for a thousand years since they got here from Cuba. Okay, and they had the same sofa with the same plastic cover. I mean, everything was the same. In the backyard, in the little concrete backyard, which is typical of this neighborhood, you know, uh, it, they had the handmade shed, you know, tool and hen shed that Angel himself, the husband, built with his own bare hands. Which she's showing the agent like a source of pride and the agent I mean if I were the agent I'd be thinking that's a code violation this, this is a disaster you know what this is she's like I esto lo armó angelito said, like no that that is a problem that is a discount that's what that is so so it's like what do you want to do you're going to break her heart you're going to tell her hey we're going to have to tear this shit down i mean no right right i mean you're not you're not going to say that so you got to you already know you what you're dealing with right when you get this listing so the other problem is that Eloina wants $200. 250 grand for this unit and I got to tell you it's just not worth 250 grand like just under no circumstance Okay, so the listing went to this person. She was a brand new agent. I still work with her to this day I still make fun of her about this. Okay, she's the sweetest lady in the world and she, uh, she She's leaving the house and you know she we, we I joke about it because when she sends me the signed like listing agreement I was like, man, she signed all her names. Like, were you afraid that she might die like halfway through it? Cause I mean, it's a lot and the lady was old, you know? And so, so, so she's like, yeah. And I'm like, wait, wait till we got to take an offer over there. I was like, tell her to abbreviate. So sure enough, she gets a call. A guy is going to buy it. First time buyer guy's name is Rudy. I'll never forget Rudy. Okay. This is this is probably 2011. Like when we were doing our first deal again, remember? Like the market crash and nobody did a deal for like 17 years. Okay. So like in, like in 2011, like we were dusting off like the files you know of how to how to close a file so we get this we get this contract and uh, i'm sorry rudy rudy says oh i want to see the house and i joke with the agent because she was one of these trainees and so she wanted my input every step of the way right so she's like oh I'm, i got a showing i'm going to take It's a guy named rudy and so i joke with her and when she calls me after i'm like was the wife there i said was he married she says yes i go was the wife there she says no i go you didn't sell anything today right because obviously the wife's got to approve and she's like no but she says she come back saturday and this and that and of course they bring the mother-in-law that's why i bring the mother-in-law joke sure enough these people come to a deal and what are the auspices of the deal how do they get eloina off of the two hundred and fifty thousand? well first first of course cuban grandmother detail eloina's son alejandro is a lawyer in california and not just any lawyer he's the best lawyer I mean, she bores the tears out of the neighbors. So, Alejandro's made law review, he's got a big case, he's arguing, he's making an argument, you know, and it's it's like the pride of Eloina, and of course, the grandchildren. So, her objective is to get to California in time for her birthday, which was like, you know, 33 days away. Okay, and so Rudy comes with a desktop approval. Woof, oh, you know that. Now we're good. You know, this guy can close in 30 days. We've all heard that story before. So, so sure enough, desktop approval, but only for 200. Only for 200. So of course, they go and the agent, and I, I, I tell the agent how to beat the lady up to take the 200. Okay, listen, even if you had a guy that showed up at 250 and if it doesn't appraise, they're not going to get the loan okay and I know what it's worth to you but you got to think about what it's worth to some dry bank that wants to protect its money okay and so what's really important is that we identify a buyer that you can pass this house on to that you know is going to take care of it it's going to be fantastic and as luck would have it Rudy's mother-in-law and Eloina were from the same town in Cuba Placetas Las Villas Cuba capital del universo okay capital of the universe Placetas Cuba I don't know if you guys haven't heard now you know okay capital of the universe so they hit it off and so under this guise of and because he's got a desktop approval they can close in 30 days you're going to spend your birthday in california right you're going to cut cake in san bernardino (laughs) okay surrounded by grandchildren and all this other good stuff so of course She signs all 17 names on the contract. Deal's good, ready to go. Lady's so happy. She walks into my office, proud as a peacock. Mina, the offer, the check, everything looks great. And I'm like, I'm like, great. What do all condo buyers need? What do all condo buyers need to close? Associ- I'm hearing it. Association approves a room full of informed people. Association approval. Now, Now, are, do we have any single people here? Single people okay single people facts for single people to help knock them dead other single people like people with information They like facts. So what is the one exception to the condo approval thing? Well, there's two right the association doesn't require approval. That's rare. What's the one true exception to the buyer needing approval? A form a form of that yes, but when the seller is a developer Right, new construction. When the seller's a developer, there's never condo approval for buyers. What? Right, so right. So, so, that's the answer. So, so um, in this case, we know we need condo approval because the seller's Eloina. Eloina is the seller. Now what we don't know at this point is that the association in this small uh, little community doesn't have a property manager and only meets like once every 45 days and guess what with this lady's luck the meeting had been like three days prior so guess what it seems on day one we just signed the contract that we're not going to have an approval in time and now we have violated violated Unviolable rule number one, which is never make promises you can't keep. In this business, you never make promises you can't keep and in this case, you put your client in a situation where you promise a closing and he can't close. Unless you, unless you change the way things are done, right, by getting this association to do something they don't ordinarily do, you're not going to be able to close because you weren't prepared. Because when you get a condo listing, ladies and gentlemen, the first thing you should do is educate yourself on the condominium what's the application process like how long do the approvals take where do I get the forms right so that when you're presenting offers to buyers or when offers are coming with uh, buyers are coming with other agents you're giving the agent hey here's the condo my buyer may not make an offer I don't care if they do you're gonna have it already okay so the prepared agent knows what he's selling so goodness of your heart you know you might have wanted to close you you just conned the lady out of the 250 for that even though she can't get it that's not what she's gonna think so now that's the pitfall now you got to deal with this problem right and so as we close on this dealing with this problem guys involves remembering that the objective for both sides is the same so, what is the benefit to Eloina of refuel- What does the buyer need? He needs an extension. And what, do- what is the benefit to Eloina of granting the extension when we now know she's not going to make it to California for her birthday? Well, no. The benefit is that she doesn't have to start over and wait even longer. And we have someone else to blame, the association. So I told the agent, here's the discussion. You're going to go to this lady and you're going to say, Alina, i got good news and i got bad news. we got a guy who applied on time, he applied for the loan, he applied for the approval, he's paid the money, he's done everything, but because your association meets only once every 45 days, and by the way, I don't know how good association business gets done that way. Okay? Because of that, we're not going to get the approval in time. Oh my God, what does that mean? Well what it means is, if we don't work with this person, we're going to have to start over. We have to start all over, we're going to have to go back to market, we have to pray to find another buyer who's going to come back here and that you're going to like them as much and that they're willing to offer and that they're going to be approved. So you know what? We're looking at a 20-day delay. It's probably better for us to go ahead and give it to him, Okay, because he's invested in this deal, you're invested in this deal, I'm invested in this deal, and the sooner we can close, the better. And Right now, this is the best we can do. Okay, and that's how we roll with the problem. So, I'm out of time. Um, I'll give you quickly my email. It's... R Barbara B A R B A R A at C G title CGTitle.com, and yes, I had a basket. I had mugs and goodies, and my two-year-old daughter literally projectile vomited as we were leaving the house. It was fantastic. It was pouring down rain, and I had the box, and then on the seven-mile bridge was like, my wife's like, do you have the mugs? And I'm like, I don't have them. <laughs> like, don't, I'm like, don't mention them, don't, men- don't say anything to me. Evan. Anyway, thank you so much for your time. I'm happy to help, all right? thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Confessions of a Real Estate Lawyer. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make your way over to the iTunes podcast store. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. If you feel so inclined, go ahead and leave us a review and be sure to tell your friends, coworkers, and those that you communicate with about the show. We sure do appreciate you and them, and we'll talk to you next time.